This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. You need to get on there to BeatSource.com and check out these curated playlists. Their curators that they've got in-house are making some of the dopest playlists. All kinds of stuff. Every genre. Every little niche you could want. Things, specific vibes you want. Acapellas, instrumentals. It's all on there. And they have just launched... BeatSource Link, which is their new technology nobody else has. You can DJ songs off the internet. It's coming out. It's inside of the new record box, and it's going to be on a lot more platforms coming soon. You are able to DJ in offline mode. You're about you're able to search their entire catalog all the way back, you know, to the oldest songs, to the newest stuff that just came out. Plus, you could potentially share playlists with people. You could log into someone else's computer or hardware and have your playlist pop up on theirs and just DJ right off of that. So uh, the sky's the limit with this. There's so many options. I can't say it all in this intro. But go check out Mojax for DJ City made a video that is unreal and it goes over every little feature of it. So check out that BeatSource link. And I want to thank all my beat sorcerers for rocking with us since day one and all the people that are just tuning in now. Thank you for all the messages you guys have been sending. I really appreciate it. Hit me up on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R, and uh, hit me with topics, questions, comments. I love everything you guys send me. I really appreciate it. So now on to our special guest of the day. This week, I'm super excited to have a DJ that is well-rounded. I know I say that all the time, but this guy, his scratching and technical skills are just unreal. He's won ITF battles, DMC battles, all types of battles you know, around the world, as well as he rocks massive nightclubs. He tours as a DJ every weekend before this quarantine, of course, um, for all the top major markets and clubs around. He's done private parties for everybody. He also has a ton of side hustles, which is something that we talk about in this interview. Um, I think this is a good time for DJs to really be taking a step back and thinking about things. And Sprite gives you um, a good window into see what he's doing. So he's video editing. He's making music for licensing. He's doing radio shows. He's doing a lot of things that DJs could be pivoting to or utilizing right now um, to make money. So without further ado, let's get into it. DJ Sprite on the 20 podcast. What's up, DJ Sprite? Thank you for being on the 20 podcast. How are you feeling today? I'm good, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yes, we really appreciate you being here. Um, we're still on the remote work from home style of the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, a little disconnected, but um, it's been great. I mean, we've every week we've had guests on that have like taught us so much. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on the show for a multitude of reasons. Um, obviously, there's, you know, the fact that you're a super dope DJ and you've got some amazing experiences um, to share with us because you've been playing for so long. You've done so much great stuff, um, but you've also got 
um, other projects and sources of income, which is something that I think a lot of other DJs don't have or are striving to get to. Um, so while a lot of people are sitting at home during quarantine and trying to figure out what to focus their energy on, I know you've been super busy. Um, so can you break down some of the things that you've been working on or some of the stuff that's been keeping you busy? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because all the stuff I do is my side work is all stemmed from from something to do with DJing. It's all right. kind of came out of that at some point. But yeah, no, I, I do a couple different things. I do um, I do editing for uh, movie trailers, TV promos, commercials. I also do and is that uh, music. video editing or audio editing or both? It's video editing. I know a lot of people think it's the audio, uh, but right. it's actually the video editing, putting the whole piece together. But then on the audio side, I actually do um, uh, on the production side. I do a lot of music placement, so I'll do a lot of um, a lot of beats. I'll sell to um, like sites that help place my music or directly to a production if I have a relationship with them. But, uh, so that's on the music right. side of things. Yes. Yeah, like the music licensing basically. Right. Yes, that's exactly. Everyone hears yeah. about, um, that's, that's really cool. And so, uh, and like you, ed- like you said, you do, you'll edit trailers or different things for Disney, ABC, CBS, Fox, universal, all those, the big companies. And, um, and then as far as the music licensing, you have your own company that you just make beats for and create an audio library or how does that work? Well, yeah, I have a, a corporation. Everything goes through it. Like even my DJing and all that. Yeah. Um, but no, usually the, the um, I, I do, if, if, if I have a relationship directly with the production company, yeah, then I'll use my company. But a lot of the stuff I've been doing lately has been for, um, like we were talking before, like the DJ cities of the film TV world. There's yes. all these sites like, um, extreme music, killer tracks, alibi, mega tracks. You can look them up. And they just, uh, it's all different types of music. So production will go to them, whether it's a film, commercial, or TV, and kind of pick out music. And you could search by, I'm looking for dramedy, or I'm looking for big action, or orchestra, or trap music for a Kia commercial. Right. And you search it, and and that's where I would sell my beats to. And essentially, uh, you know, they'll, since they help you play some, they'll take a cut, but then also you'll get a cut. And it's it, it's, it happens forever, so they can keep on placing them. So those don't. Like once someone picks it, it doesn't go away. Like right. they can keep on getting placed. I know we were talking the other day about how uh, some of the best ones to make are like holiday stuff. So if you make like a Christmas trap song, like every holiday, it'll just keep getting placed. And it's just passive income, like almost like having a rental property. Yes. I don't have to do anything once it's once it's uh, placed. And like once a quarter, I'll get my checks from, from that company. Plus you get the stuff from the PROs if you ask caps, BMIs as well. Like you're right. Publishing it. Yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. I think that that's something, you know, that could help DJs in the future and now. And um, how do you so and so how do you know what to make? Like, do you just sit down and go, I'm going to make a song that sounds like this? Or are you just making random beats or like what if somebody wanted to work on it? Like, what would, what should they work on? Well, see, I was lucky because I was on the um, the editing end of it. So I kind of knew what like the commercials and trailers were looking for. But when I first started, I didn't really tailor it to that. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make big, dramatic, you know, opening trailer music or something like that. So what I started doing was, and this is uh, a lot of DJs and people that have some production chops can do, is, uh, you know, there's stuff that you put out and then there's a million projects that you never finish or you never put out. Yep. They're just sitting around like I have drives and drives of projects I've never finished. Right. So I started like going through them and like, uh, you know, this one is cool. I wouldn't put it out under my name, but I could see it being used for something. So I would finish all those 
and start shopping those. Like, what about this? What about this? And they'll be like, okay, I like that. You know, it's a generic house. Give me five more like that. And we'll make it a little album. So that's what I do now. A lot of times I'll approach my DJ friends that I know have some production skills. Be like, hey, you don't got to give me your like your A plus stuff. You keep that for your album and what you want to put out. Yeah. Give me like your B and C stuff. And I, I can, we can definitely push that through. So yes, that's great. That's so cool. And so, and then a lot of times these companies are searching for, let's say, what, like 50 cent in the club, but they don't want to pay it, right? So if you yeah. have beats that sound rep- reminiscent or type beats, you know, then those might get picked um, for stuff. And like you said, holiday stuff, stuff that happens every year, probably Halloween and different things you could make as part of your thing and almost be that, that rental property for you, that reoccurring yeah, yeah. thing that'll get licensed because it's not like you're making an exclusive song or an exclusive beat that a rapper will buy from you and then that's it. You're making something that could be licensed to all those, to, to the different shows. But one question is, let's say you license it to the one company like Killer Tracks or one of them. Are you then exclusive to that? Is that beat exclusive to them, or can you put it in with all of the companies? Yeah, no. Once it's once they there's a whole contract process. Once it goes right. to one of those, it's they're, they're they're not as they let you work with other ones. So I could work with multiple, but if okay. I give a track to one, it's theirs. That makes sense, though. Of course. Yeah, that's it's like that's in their library. That's theirs. Like if they're they're the ones doing the job, like kind of shopping it and putting it out there. Because once you give them an album, I just finished up a a remix album uh, with Saber of um uh it was all classical remixes like trap remixes uh and so they will push that just like any label will it'll have a release date they'll push it out to all the people they have all these email lists to all the music supervisors of all these different productions and they'll push it to them like hey check this out this would be great for this this would be great for that like you were saying before um about the 50 cent in the club they have people that will try to they're like a, a a concierge service they'll you could say like, I want something like 50 cent in the club, but I don't want to pay for this. So they'll try to find something in their existing library uh, to give you. And if that doesn't work, then they they might come back to someone like me that they work with and be like, Hey, can you make this? And then that's actually more money. If you get like a specific one like that, like, can you remake this in the club, make it sound as close as possible, but you know, don't sample it. Right. If they're like coming to you for a commissioned job, that's even next level. That's more money. That's a lot of payment. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's dope. Um, and so that's kind of your main focus. We spoke earlier, like you said, and you're basically work now that you're not DJing, traveling DJing. I mean, you're still, yeah, yeah. you that's are time. still DJing <laughs> because I was going to bring up your show. You have a radio show as well. Yeah. Um, starting this month, right? Every Saturday on Pitbull Globalization. Was that it? Yeah, I was doing it uh, once a month with Globalization. It was, uh, it's called Stay Radio. It was an old mix series I had. Right. And I just brought the name back. It's just a fun party, a lot of up-tempo stuff. But yeah, now for May, because with SiriusXM, it's free the entire month to stream online. So oh, wow. they, they were like, uh, you know, why don't we do, st- today is actually, well, starting this Friday is, um, the first and every Friday in May, I'm going to do an exclusive live mix. And I try to put a lot of work into them. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's Fridays at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Globalization Channel 13, Sirius XM. Okay, dope. So you got another job <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> doing yeah. that. Well, mixes, I, I, that's another thing. Like um, I do uh, another um, source of in, uh, income stream yeah. for DJs. Right. Um, I work with all these labels that cater to video games. And uh, if I know Twitch is becoming a big thing now, especially with all the streaming, yeah. I've actually been very familiar with that world 
previously because of working with all these video game labels. And um, I do a lot of mixes for them, like these, these um, royalty-free uh, licensed mixes that they'll pay for that streamers can run under their streams. So oh. that's another great way you know, to make a little side income is reaching out to some of these video game labels. And is that through another company like the Killer Tracks or something? Or is that through... No, this is totally separate. So when I, I have another group called Made Monster. It's an electronic group. Um, we traveled around, did a whole bunch of festivals, and we were approached in Salt Lake City by a video game label. Um, so we were doing the, the normal route of you know trying to get on all these big labels like Spin In and all these huge labels. And it was it was a, it was a tough hustle, and it, it's hard. You know those labels have a priority. They yeah. have their big guys. We were nobody. So this label approached us after a show and like, hey, we cater to you know content creators and Twitch streamers, and I had no idea what any of that was. <laughs> right. And they were like, trust me. Just sign an album with us and watch what we can do for you. So we were, we did okay. You know, we were like, oh, we got 100,000 plays on SoundCloud or it went up to, you know, it got on Beatport, you know, top 1,000 or something like that. So we were yeah. all excited with these little, these little things. And these guys were like, trust me, give us an album and let us do what we do. I know you don't know anything about this world. And we did. We signed an album with the guys. We're like, we have nothing to lose. These guys had one of their streamers, one of the guys, he played Minecraft. He was a Minecraft streamer. I never heard of him. Yeah. He announced it for one day and our album went to number seven on iTunes. So it was like Calvin Harris, Chainsmokers, and like Made Monster. I mean, it was only for like five hours on there, but it was still like, wow, the power wow. that these kids had. And it was like a, a dude streaming Minecraft to like 12 million kids. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is amazing. So then we were like, there's something here. And we actually, that side of my career, the Made Monster side pivoted very hard into this almost like uh, like content creators, streamers, like there's like this whole like anime, Comic-Con, very much into that world. And that's where we're kind of at now. Right. Uh, because of this. That's dope. So that's what Made Monster is still working on right now. Yeah, yeah. So we we actually ended up becoming A&Rs for the label. Um, the label actually branched out even further and they developed this whole um, app player for this uh, called Prenzel, which is for, um, I, I know. Uh, What's uh, it called? Step. Pretzel? Pretzel is what it's yeah. called. And it's, a, it's a, a player that plugs into Twitch. So if you're familiar with Twitch, you can have all these things, you know, little apps and stuff on your page. Yeah. So it's a player that essentially all the music in it is you have the sync license to use. So it's you're good. You won't get any strikes. So you can also use the music in it for like YouTube and all that, but it's primarily for Twitch because you could set it up to play. Like I want rock music. I want chip tune. I want trap. Got it. Um, so that's kind of where that's at. Cause I know a lot of people are streaming on Twitch now, but it's still illegal to be doing, you know, what we're doing on Twitch playing music. Yeah. So we're going to have to see how this all pans out. I mean, we're building yeah. our follower, the people, the DJs that are doing it, I yeah. think are building their fan bases, but technically in the yeah. rules it says you're not allowed to do it so we'll see what what happens yeah i mean it's only a matter of time like everything with like youtube i mean even instagram live i jumped on that boat a little bit late and i just like i was playing even mashups of things with a cardi b vocal on it and it was like nope done wow <laughs> i know that it's hard to figure out everyone's trying to come up with oh well this is how you avoid it but i don't think yeah. there's a real way to do it uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, some people I see that going through like, no, just don't don't use one of the iRigs. Don't use one of the little go mixers. Just do it yeah. live or don't, don't use the pitch lock. You know, like, but right. it's, I, I keep getting kicked off no matter what. Yeah, so. I don't think any of that works. I mean, good to try it. And I'm happy to keep spreading the knowledge. But sure. yeah, it's tough. Um, 
So that's, those are, I mean, to me, I think those are great, you know, ways that DJs could be working on music, making money still and being inspired and, you know, not having to go, uh, work at McDonald's or whatever. So I think, I think a lot of DJs don't realize, and I didn't either, like all the other skills that we build because being a DJ just isn't like, I just pick up a bunch of music and I'm just playing that night. There's so much other things you learn uh, just becoming a DJ from, you know, marketing. A lot of DJs have basic Photoshop skills. Some even have motion effects skills where I see like totally. after effects and moving stuff. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people, you know, have basic understanding of marketing, social media marketing, yep. a lot of things that are valuable. And, and, and with my day job with editing, it's funny because uh, they definitely notice like, Hey, you know, do you come from like a music background? Because, the way you're cutting things is so much different and we love that. And I was telling you before, if you watch yeah. a movie trailer right now, watch a trailer and watch where all the little, the, the gun shots and the door slams are and everything. It's all on beat. It's very musical. And yeah. that's like kind of what they're looking for. So a, a lot of these companies are actually looking for like editors and stuff that have this music background. And right. a lot of DJs actually have usually some editing capabilities as well. Cause they're making their own little promo videos and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up is um, all the ways that these industries and jobs are connected to DJing and the skills that we've already developed ourselves that almost we take for granted and we don't realize that we have that we could bring to the table, you know, because I don't think um, most video editors think in terms of music and the way that goes. And so that's why I think they do ask you. And it's such an advantage for a video editing house to have someone that's either a musician or into music or a DJ, because they can understand the rhythm and the timing the same way you put together a mixtape, you put together a trailer or some type of video, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's weird that how they notice it. And we, we, we spoke on this before. How yeah even if someone uh, doesn't understand what's going on, like a lot of these producers will bring the stuff back and like, it'll be someone else's trailer. And like something is off, something is wrong. And then I'll get it. And you know, there'll be a clear, like it'll be cut on the wrong beat. The key will be completely off. The BPMs will be just abruptly change. Right. They don't know. They don't understand, but like, I know, just figure it out. Here it is. You do it. And like, I'm like, it's, it's super. It's like five minutes in April. Then it just fixes. Right. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I remember even a while ago, I was in a hip-hop group, and we licensed some of our stuff to movies, and and they would ask, oh, can you send this? Can you send the instrumental? So we would send it out, and then we would look at what they did, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense musically at all. (laughs) Like, they would put this, that, you know, and I'm like, I guess people, other people aren't noticing as much as us, but still, I do think there's something subconscious that the crowd, whether they know about music or not, if it is on beat and if it is part of the rhythm, it will be better. You know, just like if you're in a nightclub and they have no bass, most people won't understand why they're not having as good of a time, but (laughs) we know there's no bass. It makes everything sound whack, you know, and like it's not giving the people the same thing, but they they can't put their finger on it. It just feels weird in here. This DJ sucks. You're like, yeah, exactly. This DJ sucks. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Um, Or like this movie sucks. You know, it's like, oh, but get someone, you know, like I was saying how Spider-Man, Spider-Verse is like, there's a DJ cutting it together and and scratches. And I mean, it's really a combination of video and audio editing to a degree that I've never seen before. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you get it right, it just makes everything so much better. And that's why these, these companies are starting to realize that. And they're, they're like 
looking for people that have this kind of music background because the editing part isn't that difficult when you're talking movie trailers and stuff watch it it's cuts and dips to black it's not like these crazy effects someone else is doing all that right just putting it together yeah you know it's so it's it's the music part it's weird because a lot uh the way a lot of the other editors will cut they'll do the video first and then they'll do the music i do it the exact opposite i'll do the entire music bed and then i'll cut the video to the music bed right it usually makes such a big difference and, and that and yeah that makes more sense to me too the way i think about it and yeah. if i was going to make a mixtape and you get all the sonic stuff together and then boom you can make the video go and make it. your visuals to it yeah so it's all like in sync but you're right they it is i think the traditional way is to do it the opposite way because anytime i've even been asked to do music for something they're like here it is do the music to that and you're like okay i'm trying to but yeah we'll get like a time like we want this to be a 60 second for tv and they'll cut all the video to it and then you try to lay the audio in and nothing's on beat like well the picture is locked now to 60 right you can't make the beat fit everything now because you didn't cut it to the music yeah so it's all wonky and you're like it just bothers me i know yeah and so what are some other, before we get off this topic, um, there's, I feel like there are tons of other opportunities and industries that DJs could utilize their skills in. I know we mentioned, you know, producing music for these licensing houses, killer tracks and all that stuff, making, um, you know, doing radio shows, doing what we do best, trying to get yeah. a radio show or someone to pay you to um, do mixes online um, and doing the video editing, trying to get into that world. Um, and also just to go not, you know, before we go away from that too, yeah. let's say someone is super interested in what you're saying. How would they go about even trying to get a video editing job or doing something? Do they just do it and put it on YouTube and say, look at me or try to find someone they know or, you know, usually, yeah. I mean, it, there's, I mean, there's no real right or wrong to that. Right. I mean, you okay. know, it's just like, obviously DJing. if you make something dope, you could send it to me. If I think it's yeah. dope, I'll pass it on. I have no problem, right. you know, okay. doing that. But I mean, yes, yeah, some people will go routes of like YouTube and stuff. But the problem with that is, is it's hard to get the eyes you need on it. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, anybody that wants to hit me up, I can act, I can at least point you in some direction or like check this out or check that out and all this right. stuff too. There's so many great online resources to learn this stuff. Yeah. Um, but as, as far as like other stuff, I mean, yeah, like you said, mixes, um, like I was saying before with the Twitch streaming, these kids will stream for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So I would approach all these companies that dealt with video games, like 99 lives and all that, that would make um, all this content creator music and you can yeah. approach them about mixes. They'll pay for those because they want these long mixed things to place under their gamers. Oh, so they will pay okay. for that. Um, there's a couple like fitness apps that definitely pay for, um, for mixes. Like, right. Fit, I've I, heard of that fit. What is it? Fit radio. They, they do. Yeah. They, I mean, they're, they're pretty, as long as so you do can they exclusive pay, mix. I see yeah, people do. on there, but I didn't know like, so what they pay you for the amount of time your mix has been played or something they'll or? pay you for like an exclusive mix i mean it's not oh, like okay. a, a ton of money but i mean but it's, it's something if you need a little you know extra money yeah um the graphic design thing was always something that worked for me because i was i learned a lot of it from doing my own flyers and like oh, right I, I this flyer i'm gonna make my own and then when social media started happening you know now i gotta make all they gave me was this one little flyer so i want to make one by ones and banners and all that so i learned that so um I would make side money originally from just approaching the people I worked with or venues or if I did something with Made Monster at like a, a stadium or some kind of venue, I'd approach them. Yep. Like, hey, do you need any kind of um, graphic design done? And I used to do all types of web banners and little click and pop-up ads and stuff and very simple stuff. 
Yeah. But it was great side money. I mean, I would work for a couple hours and, you know, charge yeah. them for like a week. Totally. So. <laughs> and like you mentioned, like we as DJs have had to become social media experts and do everything. And that's mm -hmm. another thing. I mean, we could potentially utilize our skills that we've learned. We know every platform, some DJs do, you know, from Facebook, Twitch, TikTok, uh, whatever, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you could go to a company and, and help them run their things or help them with marketing ideas or help them to run those platforms or the ones that you specialize in. That's another thing you mentioned that was good yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've dealt with a whole bunch of spots that are like, we just don't know. Can you just give me some, I mean, even the venues I've played at, like I've sat down with yeah. the GM and they're like, Hey, you know, you have any ideas uh, on how we can like spruce up our, you know, social media. Right. You were telling me before about how like, you know, you've been ahead of the game with all this, uh, with all the, the OBS and even like uh, how you've been streaming out the graphics to your Instagram live. Yeah. And you said a couple of companies even reached out to you. Yeah. And that's a great example because, you know, you're just, your head is in the books. You're ahead of it. They see you're doing it. And like, I don't know how to do this. I want that. Exactly. It was we'll like, I was just doing it for fun and for myself to learn. And then little did I know it lead to like people wanting to work with me on that side of things and me helping to design their shows or figure out the best way for them to execute their ideas and stuff. So yeah, I mean, you never know, just be productive because being productive leads to, you know, other productive things that you wouldn't think of. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's that. And then I think there's things that will come out of this live streaming that we haven't even figured out yet. You know, I mean, um, I've seen even DJs advertising for restaurants. Yo, you know, like you can order like margaritas and tacos right now for the next two hours during my stream. And like, I don't know how much the restaurant's paying them, but I think there's, it's better than probably driving for Uber or something. I mean, there's, uh, there's yeah, I mean, if you could, if you can get that go, there. no, if you can get that going, that's, I mean, I know that the video game kids on Twitch, the way that they work it and the way they yeah. make money is right. incredible. And I know that we're just kind of, the DJs are starting to finally move into Twitch and we have that other you know thing about the music. But if, if you get it right, these kids are like marketing and money machines, uh, like right. these video game kids. They make, a t I was in shock the money these kids were making when I got into that world. I didn't know it existed. Like, so we just watch you play video games for 12 hours and you make this? It's and it's so it's nuts. true it's crazy i guess it's anything that has like eyeballs on it you know which yeah. is i mean like for example uh something that might be unfortunate but i just like right before we recorded um i saw all these people saying oh on instagram live the um, takashi 69 you know the uh he's back from jail and he's going on instagram live click on it there was like 2 million people 2 million yeah I've never seen more than like in the hundreds of thousands, let alone yeah. like let alone one million. And the probably the one person that everyone was kind of hating on more than anyone ends up yeah. coming back and having two million people watching, which I don't even know what that says about society or whatever. And in, <laughs> and then it's he's going to end up getting money because, like you said, no matter what, if people have eyeballs on them, they're going to want to give them money. So if someone's playing Minecraft for 12 hours, but there's hundreds of thousands or millions of people watching it, then they're going to get paid, you know, for ads. There could be 2 million people watching him that absolutely right. hate him, but it does not matter. There's 2 million people watching. 
Exactly. So hopefully <laughs> that leads into DJing, you know what I mean? And and we see it with like D nice where he has a good amount of people. And I think that these brands are trying to partner with him. Um, I think that's another thing DJs can do. I saw someone, uh, DJ Crespo saying that and DJ, uh, a few other people that they're just reaching out to brands that they want to work with and they believe in. And, you know, not necessarily being like, Hey, give me money, but like you can work just look for ways to work together during this time. You don't know what it's going to lead to after this or during it. And, um, you know, obviously things are changing in our life so much during this and that's going to affect our careers. So it's important just to stay alert and, and almost like take a step back and look at what you've learned and like what you, what your skills are. Because like I said, you take it for granted in a way. Sometimes I take my own things for granted. I'm like, why are they asking me to do this? The easiest thing in the world. And then I'm like, Oh, I guess it's not that easy. I just know how to do it. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's like the best advice. And hopefully people can take some stuff from that. You know, how yeah, did you, I mean, how yeah, did you it, even get that? into that? Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but oh, how did no, you- no, I was going to say, like you mentioned before, like the, like we were talking about the Crespo thing that, I mean, all this that we're talking about will definitely require some hustle for sure. All of it yeah. is some hustle and I think some initiative and just doing it. It's the kind of thing where you're not going to be like, oh, well, I need a manager to get me the job or I need someone to, you know, you got to yeah, just start no. doing it. You know what I mean? The same way I was just learning OBS on YouTube and whatever you do it. It's almost like you prepare for the opportunity. You don't know when the opportunity is going to come. It was just yeah. like DJing. I practice scratching. For like 10 years, you know, I practiced DJing for 10 years before I had a, the type of gig that I wanted to have. Like, but I was so ready at that 10th year, right? When yeah. it happened <laughs> that like, it's, you just do it for no, do it be, for your own reasons. And then once the opportunity presents itself, you won't be like, oh, I wish I would have worked on this or been more prepared, you know? Exactly. And you put your, and then like s- certain things that you were doing before this stop, you were doing my city or my DJ cities, which was a, a series that obviously is on hold right now because it involved you having to travel to a city. It's a travel um, blog. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of died immediately. <laughs> but that was a nice thing that you were piggybacking on top of your touring DJ career. I mean, I, you know, for people that don't know, listening you tour, I think every weekend of your life, I mean, you were going to tons of cities all around America and I'm sure beyond. And, um, that in itself is crazy and a big accomplishment and you were doing some of the biggest and best clubs, but then to figure out a series that you can do on top of that, that takes advantage of the fact that you're flying around and all that, um, I think is really smart, you know, and, and now you have that on hold for when we come back, might yeah. be, you know, might be, mask involved uh, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> when you come back you can give uh, a lot of tips on how to travel uh when once we come back oh my god what's that those gonna flights. be like we were talking about that before yeah those flights like six hour flights yeah. to boston in a mask and yeah. now you have to wear it in the airport too they said so it's not only yeah. the flight it's going to be the hour an hour and a half in lax before yeah and if it's delayed what's going to happen and then if you get caught in charlotte and the flight doesn't take off and then you got to talk to the person waiting that three-hour line <laughs> like it's definitely going to make it uh, i'm not trying to be pessimistic but a little bit uh more cumbersome and hard <laughs> to deal with well i'll but, be looking uh, for those one-hour flights those like san francisco gigs yeah i know or just like <laughs> drive places i don't know we'll see honestly we're gonna see how this changes the entire scope of traveling musicians, DJs, tours, concerts, 
working from places. I mean, even I was watching a podcast um, earlier and they were talking to the CEO of this massive company and they were saying how are a lot of your employees now realizing they don't have to live right in Manhattan and pay all the money? And he's like, yeah, like (laughs) I think a lot of people are going to be like, yo, I'm moving to Columbus, Ohio, and I'm going to have a mansion and work from here because why do I need to be right in the place? You know, I, I don't know if that'll happen, but I think a lot of people are realizing they can work remotely successfully like this, you know? I'm actually hoping that, I mean, for what I do, that happens because uh, one of the main reasons I stay here, right. like my rent, I'm in a small apartment here in like Toluca Lake, Studio City, yeah. and it's a fortune. I mean, what I'm paying here would be a nice mortgage anywhere else. I know. And I know. Uh, it's one of those where uh, I'm hoping now with this, because I am working all at home, that that will eventually roll into like, hey, we can do this. Like, it, it is fine. And then right. I can go move somewhere else for a while. Yeah, because it might bring down the overhead of these companies, too. They won't have to rent such big offices and build buildings and all that stuff. Who knows? I mean, but there's something about having your employees there that they can watch them and then a different energy that they get from each other. We'll see. But I I do think it can lead to more working remotely. And even with DJing, I've heard things about these clubs in China opening and they're booking a DJ that would usually get paid, let's say, 20, 30 Gs to come out there. They're paying him 5000 to record a set on video, and then they're going to show it in the club out there because no one can even fly there now. So um, that's happening. I've heard of corporate gigs happening, people doing corporate gigs on Zoom, um, private Twitch things. I mean, there's there's all kinds of opportunities that are going to come out of this, and human beings are pretty amazing creatures. We're going to figure out a way to make it happen, you know? So I think it's just keeping your eyes and ears open during this time and uh, I know a lot of people just want to like take shots all night and like live stream, <laughs> but like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know about doing it every day. You know, it's kind of good to utilize this time and, and the extra rest we're getting and being home, you know, to, to agree. That yeah. Stuff. I couldn't agree more. So I know I get, I've been getting more sleep <laughs> than, <laughs> than usual. Um, that's dope. All right. Was there any other side things you can think of? I feel like we covered, I mean, a lot. Yeah. Right? That's pretty. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good for like the work stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and if any of you guys, the listeners out there, what are you guys doing? We want to hear from you. What are some things you're doing on the side? What do you think of the stuff we talked about? Is there any other advice that I could pass on to the listeners? Hit me. Make sure to hit me on Instagram at DJ Spider and let me know. Um, so um, apart from that, like I mentioned, you are a super dope DJ. I mean, you are like one of those people that has you know, amazing technical skill, but also your musical knowledge is super vast and you can hold down any kind of party, like from, you know, Edge Casino in Reno where you can just rock like the craziest room or Vegas or that kind of thing to, I know you do private parties for all kinds of people from corporations to, you know, celebrities and all that stuff. And, um, and plus, like I said, you, I mean, you used to be a battle DJ. Your scratches are like next level. I know you've like invented scratches that you showed <laughs> me before. And I saw you putting stuff online. Yeah. And even um, uh, you did, fun factor here, right? You did the scratches in Iron Man 2 um, under the DJ AM scene. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my good friend, uh, your, Kevin Scott. Yeah, so he, shout uh, to Kevin Scott. That- yeah. Apparently, like after I, I, they shot him obviously in the film uh, AM, 
but yeah. um, they didn't, I guess they didn't have the audio for it. So I remember he, like, uh, Kevin asked me, and I, like, sat there for, like, a week just practicing AM scratch. He had, like, the crab, like, it's like the exact yeah. thing. So Kevin, like, gave me, like, the music, like, we, you know, these were Adam songs. So we did, like, Robot Rock, Another One Bites the Dust. It was a lot yeah. of, like, classic, like, AM songs that you play in his sets. So I mixed those together, and he's like, well, we need to also, like, put a scratching on this. So I was, like, sitting there just trying to mimic him for, like, a week, and then I eventually recorded it. But, yeah, that is me under that scene. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, fun fact. That's DJ Sprite scratching under the DJ AM scene in <laughs> Iron Man 2. So I know a lot of DJs look up to him and, and uh, you know, would be interested to hear that. Um, and so as far as, um, you know, where – like getting your start, like wh- wait, where did you grow up and start DJing? Like wh- that part of your life? I'm originally from Chicago. I mean, okay. I moved to LA a while ago after I won a battle, but I'm originally from Chicago. Um, started off as actually, um, it was like a hard house DJ, hip hop DJ. Cause at the time in Chicago, there was a great hip hop culture, but also it was a very strong house city. Yeah. So huge. it was unavoidable. Like I was playing underground right. hip hop parties and I was also playing underground house parties at VFW halls and abandoned warehouses. Right. Um, but funny, I, I, I started off DJing and then I stopped because someone stole my first setup, broke into what? my house, took my first setup. No. And the uh, so then I stopped and I became, well, I was uh, a B-boy, a break dancer for a very long time. I traveled all around the country as a break dancer. Then I hurt my neck really bad. I had to go to a doctor for years. Wow. Uh, so then I was like, I still like want to be what? involved. What, doing in a wind, windmill or something? <laughs> Well, actually, they were tabletops, so they were like windmills up to a head spin. And if you don't know me, I'm six four, so I'm like a really big dude. Yeah. And so the net when I went up on my neck, the pressure from like you know 200 pounds of body on my neck just crushing it. When wow. I when I got like the was it the MRI? They were like, you got to stop now, like right now, you're done. Oh my god. And uh, so I was like, I don't want to, you know, I still want to be involved in this. I love music. I love everything about music, dancing, DJing. So I was, I still traveled with the B-Boy crews I was with. Yeah. Um, and at all these events, like Rock City Reunion, Scribble Jam, all these events back in the late 90s, they yeah. also had DJ battles. So I got another setup. I got another, I saved up my lunch money, got another setup, and I just started practicing for battling. And then just started right. from like 97 to 2002. That's all I did was battles. I traveled all around the country battling. Wow. And you have a good, like, sort of... Um you know, vantage point from it because you were a dancer. So I feel like you could kind of know like, you know, how to rock it right. But what were some of the battles you were in, like ITF and DMC and all those ones? Yeah, I did. I did. I did all of them. Uh, the main ones. Yeah. I, I won the ITF world scratching title in 2001. That was my biggest, but I went wow. to the, the DMC USA finals in 2002, which had a bunch of other guys that are still playing. It had like scene Inferno, my partner, uh, Chris Carnes, who was Vaj at the time. We had a group yeah. called the Platter Pirates. Yes, Platter um, Pirates. One guitar center went to the U.S. for that in 99. But the main one that brought me to California was a cigarette company called Cool Cigarettes. They did this thing called the Cool Mix. And I won that in 2001, and I won a bunch of money. on one of those big-ass checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I still got it somewhere. I forgot what the amount was, but that was the money that brought me to California because, like, everything's in L.A. I just got to try it out. So I'm going to take this money and just move. And that's what I did. Crazy. Took the money and just bounced to L.A. Wow. What year was that? That was 2002, and that was like kind of when I was done. I think I did a couple battles that year, but I really wasn't trying anymore, so I didn't yeah. really go anywhere in 2002. Well, that's a long time. I mean, you were battling for, what, a strong five years or more? 
Yeah, and it's people understand, like, you know, for like those DMC routines for those six minutes, I'd practice all year. Yeah. For six minutes of material. Yeah, you have to. And That's... it was, you know, it was back, there wasn't a Serato. I mean, there wasn't Serato, so it was all vinyl. I had to have a million copies of each record stacking them all up. And, but yeah, yeah, no, the, uh, it was all year, all year for six minutes of routine. And if you didn't make it, you didn't make it. You, you could just be done like that. Like, oh, you're done. You didn't qualify. Do you ever think of entering any of the new battles like three style or Goldie or you're like, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I thought about it, but even for those, like if I did it, I'd want to like really put some work into it. But with all this other stuff, I mean, I'm older now. I've got two kids, yeah. you know, I've got all these random jobs and DJing. So <laughs> you do have a lot of jobs. <laughs> so it's like, it's tough to, uh, to like think I've thought about it. I mean, when I see it, I'm like, Oh, I want to get up there and I want to do it. I could totally yeah. you know, do this, put a routine together. And people have asked me a bunch of times, like, yo, just put something together, we'll put you on. I'm but sure. I just haven't, I haven't done it yet. How old are your kids? Oh, uh, uh, 10 and six. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're getting, they're, they're getting older and trying to spend more time. I've been spending a lot more time, obviously, because my weekends are completely open at the moment. That's great. So I mean, yeah, the, there's, the there's silver lining. Right oh, you are? Yeah, this nice. is the, the the podcasting kids room at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's like I've had to turn this room into like my own thing over the past two months. It's like all yeah. of this is just figuring it out as we go. Yeah, I got like a whole little setup here with uh, it's actually you're on a rec- on a chair, on a stool, on a record crate, and then a laptop. Because <laughs> I still Same. got those apparently, record crates. Oh, yo, I have straight up record <laughs> yeah, crates go. back here. Like, and like I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get arrested from taking it from a parking lot like 20 years ago. Um, yeah, I know. I had like a mail crate and all this <laughs> stuff back here. Sorry. There you go. You got a bunch so, of stuff. I sold a lot of mine, but I still have a good amount. There was like the ones I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't let go of these, all my Gangstar albums and my same. original, like all my original pickles, like turkey cuts and uh, the yeah. Super Duck breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have them. I have them all just chilling it's it's nice to go through them i've been especially being here i've been going through like oh i forgot i have this i have this record i have this record yeah i've been noticing a lot of djs able to do vinyl sets at home now which is kind of cool you know and like digging especially like j-rock and natasha Diggs, and like these djs that have the most amazing collections these ridiculous collections of vinyl Yeah, yeah exactly yeah just nuts um so oh so you moved here in 2002 i think i met you a few years after that through um tina t um she introduced us at some kind of dj mixer thing she was doing i think in santa monica I think it was in santa monica it was I, th- I remember at the time you had just won that mix competition that put you on tour with ronson and am i believe yeah it was called next on the decks um yes. through bpm magazine and yeah. yeah i had won this i sent in a 30 minute mix and um uh, this guy, Matt, who is Steve Aoki's manager now, and Mark Ronson called me and they're like, you won this contest. You're going to go on tour with me. You're going to come to Miami and open for me at Winter Music Conference. And I was like, holy shit, this is like life changing. Um, and yeah, right, it was right around that time. And and then I remember I met you and a bunch of other DJs that night um, yeah. in Santa Monica. We all, I think, dropped sets at some kind of dj mixer so. night was, and i remember it was somewhere down there but i, I barely I, remember and we had some kind of scratch session for sure which for always, sure yeah, always happens <laughs> bunch of djs uh, in a room it's gonna happen. yeah exactly um so yeah and then i mean from there i've seen you just you know do so many things you know with the the dj stuff just traveling around and that was also the time where things were tra- transferring from vinyl to serato in a way too 
Yeah, like I remember so when I came out here, I wasn't really uh, a club DJ at all. I almost stopped because I was done with battling. I was like, ah, and that's what kind of when I was thinking about like, what else can I do? You know, um, uh, how do I make extra money? And that's what I was talking about when I first started, how when I was a battle DJ, the way I learned how to video edit was uh, when I would travel to all these gigs around the country, I would film all these people doing their um, the routines because a lot of people when I made it to the DMC videos, at that time, battling was huge. So you might right. only get like 10, 15 people that made it on that USA DMC video. Yeah. But I saw hundreds of routines in hotel rooms that were super dope of guys that might have messed up something, their needle had problems, and they never made it. So I was like, listen, I'm going to film all these guys when I'm on yeah. the road. Right. I'm going to make a video and put it out. So that's how I learned. So I taught myself how to edit and do all this stuff to make it for that specific reason to make DJ videos. And then I was lucky enough to get, I think it was like Fat Beats and Xylene and all these old school distribution companies that did those DJ videos to dis like distribute it. Right. But um, as far as my start with, with uh, DJing when I got here, um, I didn't really know anybody. I wasn't a club guy. I was completely a battle guy. Yeah. So I knew some of the East Coast dudes. So I started just making, this is when mashups started to happen. So I started um, just making mashups on my own. And I sent some randomly to Scissorhands, who was making this site called Crooklyn Clan. Yes. And um, they weren't the greatest mashups. They were like not club friendly. There was no intro. Shit was all over the place. You know, there was no key software. So who knows if the keys were right. Right. But I sent it to him. Uh, and he was like, dope. I'm going to put you on. I got this new site. And he put me in this section of the site called the West Coast Killers, <laughs> which was AM, the Hollow Boys, which is Vice and Echo, Homicide, yeah. uh, Kevin Scott, and myself. Wow. So all these guys that were like, prominent West Coast club DJs, I guess wrote, like they reached back out to SZA. It was like, who the hell is this kid? I've never heard of him before. <laughs> so then SZA hands put me in contact with Kevin Scott and Kevin's like, yo, come out. I have a new residency at this club called LEX. My guy AM, it's his club. Yeah. So then I just started hanging out there. And then eventually Kevin was like, yo, why don't you open for me? He had Fridays. Yep. And that's kind of how I started traveling because at the time, that was the club. I don't. I don't remember if I don't think even think pure and all that Vegas stuff was a thing yet, or it might have been, but not that big. But no, I think uh, he was. Um, you know, I don't know hundred percent, but I think he was at Body English still. Yeah, um, during the LAX days. I don't know. I need to. We got to get I some confirmation. Time, but from but, doing but that, yes, yeah, it was the it was the time of all of that popping off because that was same with me. I won that contest and. Um, met am and then he's like oh i know this guy who has every mp3 of ultimate breaks and beats um his name is kevin scott you gotta kevin. come to my club lax and meet him and it was so same kind of thing like yeah. um and i and same i got the opportunity to be able to open for kevin a few times and put me into a different caliber and got me different kind of credibility and and to know people so it's you, you never know who who's gonna be able to help you out in that way, you know? And and now Kevin is you know doing his thing still. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's done so much amazing stuff, and he has that DJ AM website now that um, djamlives.com mm -hmm. that really catalogs all of AM's mixes and the movie that he put together that's on Netflix and and all that stuff. Yeah, he got involved because I mean. When Kevin approached me for the Iron Man thing, I guess he was working with John Favreau, like to do the whole, like kind of like music, um, I don't know, like a supervisor or something for the movie. So he was involved yeah. with all this other stuff. And John Favreau wants to. I remember he was getting DJ lessons from Morse Code um, back in the day, and like he's always been into DJing. John Favreau. 
Yeah, we did. Uh, we did the premiere party up at the the Highlands, up on the top of uh, right by yes. the Kodak in, in Hollywood. Yeah, and me and Kevin DJed it, and like, yeah, he just jumped on. He was like, "Yo, show me that, show me that scratch and stuff." And we just sat there with him for a lot longer than I thought he would have sat. You figured he just kind of showed, like, "Yo, what's up? Thanks, cool." Yeah, I'm pushing up, but no, he he hung out. He was DJing oh, with us. That's that's great. What do you have any other um, kind of celebrity stories that stand out in your head, or just? crazy stories from doing like a private party like that or from somebody um no nah, nah, i mean most of the stories that i had with celebrities is just the typical like you know you play their song and you realize that that's not the right thing to do <laughs> and i had like i had prince i get guess get mad at me i was playing at dre's up on the top of uh i forgot what the w now yeah, it was. dre's hollywood yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't even know i guess it was dre's at the time but either way yeah i guess i played a song and he got all mad about it you played one of prince's songs and he was there yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah. God. i didn't even know and then the guy came up like what are you doing why are you playing this and i'm like i didn't know man i think it's dope <laughs> so <laughs> That's same thing with janet battle. jackson at one of the clubs yeah. same thing oh she you played it and she didn't want it did want nothing to do with it no like how funny is that <laughs> and then if it's like kanye west or somebody or mariah carey they're like play my song now you know you're like yeah well you know how that is it's it's one or the other otherwise you have the guy i don't want to hear it i'm sitting in the back do my own thing or they're like right in the booth like yo i'm djing now yeah so. <laughs> and a lot of i feel like it's always the for the most part the the manager's opinion that you should be playing the song and i'm always like no i'm telling you for the most part they don't want you to play it because yeah. you're also calling attention to them like yeah who knows what they're doing there they could be talking having a private conversation meeting someone they shouldn't be meeting and then you're calling them out like hey everybody film this person you know <laughs> oh, we got prince in the house yeah like you know, i know that's yeah. exactly what it was I, I believe so yeah you learn the hard way that's so funny <laughs> what um <laughs> what were some DJs or who were some DJs that influenced you either from back in the day, like when you're first, first starting or just throughout your career? Um, so when I started, yeah, it was all these original kind of Chicago house guys, like even like the bad boy bills. Uh, there was a whole bunch of local guys like uh, Bobby D uh, Tim Spin and Schumer. They were all the guys on the radio kind of doing the house stuff where I was locally. Yeah. And then there was all the battle guys, which are typical. Like you had, you know, we were in Chicago, so we're in the middle. But like the you know the executioners, the beat junkies, the, the scratch pickles. But then I mean like you know um, influences keep on going on. When I moved, you know, uh, to LA, I didn't really have any club influences. Yeah. But then I started going to the the banana split party, and then when I saw what they were doing, like Aoki and Am and all them with all this electro clash, and I got like, so obsessed with that music. So those guys were definitely big influences on me as far as like a lot of that indie music and uh, a lot of stuff that I'm still playing to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I have, I, it's almost like I have different phases of influences, you know, from yeah. jungle drum and bass DJs like RAW and DJ hype to then the scratch DJs of invisible scratch pickles and, and X-Men and all that to then, um, like you said, I as well had been DJing probably 10 years and was never into drinking and going to clubs and any of that stuff. So Finally, when I went out to these cheese ball clubs, I thought we're going to be so whack and then saw someone like DJ AM, Kevin Scott, Stone Rock, Graham Funky, um, you know, I'm trying to remember everyone that was playing Vice, you know, um, yeah. I was blown away because I'm like, yo, these are the most creative DJs I've ever heard and they're playing everything and they're getting paid good money, but they're in a club where everyone's dancing. It was just mind blowing to me. So that was huge influence um as well like coming up in la i feel like we, we had a pretty good club scene here you know oh, everyone yeah was trying. oh absolutely 
And then, you know, AM basically brought it to Vegas. And, and I know people were, there's dope DJs in Vegas that were doing stuff, but he sort of pioneered that style out there, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you first started DJing, what were some of the songs that you were super excited to play for people? Or was it more of a scratch thing? You were like, I learned this scratch. I want to perform it. Well, that was weird. Like, and that's to this day, I still get like, I thought you would scratch more. But right. <laughs> when I started, yeah, I, you know, I was definitely because of coming from the battle background, I'm sure I was probably heavy on the scratching at first. Yeah. Um, but actually, the stuff that I used to get excited about now that I think about it was a lot of the opening sets I would do because Kevin was like, when I was play for him, he would be like strict about, you yeah, know, this is the kind of here's the R&B and this is the stuff you should play. But I actually really enjoyed all this really funky kind of throwback R&B funk records yeah um, so now that i'm looking back i was like man i love those sets those sets were so much fun even if i was in a club with five people in it because it was 10 o'clock in, a, you know, yeah. in hollywood um so those are some of my favorite sets i could think of playing uh, as far as music goes yeah and i also remember like the songs like i had to play like um I remember when Sexy Back came out. I, Sexy Back and Way I Are, the, the amount of, if you remember LAX where the booth was, you could walk right up to it. Yeah. The requests were so overwhelming. I had to put like notes out, like I'm going to play Sexy Back again. I promise. I know. <laughs> and that was back in the day where people didn't really have phones as much easily to be able to write it on there. They would have to go get the napkin, <laughs> but they yeah, would still yeah. like come up in your face. You were right there. It was just they were like, right in your face at that club. So it was like, you gotta play Sexy Back. Like I just played it. And uh. <laughs> it was that, yeah, it was that whole time with all that like Timberland records, like the way I are was similar. Yeah. I remember, I remember sexy back being ridiculous, like to the I point know. it was annoying. Like every girl had to request it. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I love, I love that BPM range though. Like I hope we get back to like party records being in that zone. It's, you know, like it's not 120, it's not 110. It was like that 115 to 118, like funkiness. Like you I don't, don't know. see that much anymore. You'll get some indie records at like 118, but it wasn't the yeah. same vibe. Because it's yeah. really good for dancing, but for some reason it doesn't, I don't know, not as many dance records are made in that it feels slow or fast or something. I don't know. It's always a trend, like even with electronic music, because I yeah. love house music. It kind of went from 128 to now yeah. it's 126. Right. Like that's right. just the two BPMs. Like th this is what's in now. Yeah. Or there's the 124 people. <laughs> yeah. If, if you really want to be you know, bold. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, exactly. I know someone tagged me on an Instagram post the other day and they said, um, DJs will, I think it was, oh, skills wrote. He said, DJs will never um, remember like the name of a record, the artist. Like we'll forget everything about a record, but we'll remember the BPM. You, like because he was like what's the bpm of biggie hypnotized i'm like 94 he's like boom it's like any any song if i've yeah. ever played it i know the bpm it's locked in my head forever you know what yeah. i mean it's like no matter what prince erotic city any of it i know what it's gonna be and yeah. then i and then i can sort of have a reference point of what i'm gonna mix it with and what it goes with but it's so funny like i can never remember a name of a song but i can remember the bpm always <laughs> <laughs> just go to the bpm yeah that's true i mean it's it just would be from like knowing just from on the fly like i need yeah. something you just know what records are in that range like when you say sexy back i just immediately think of some of the sounds in it i can hear in my head but then the bpm i'm like okay yeah. you're in that zone <laughs> and then way i are boom okay a little bit slower but same kind of thing yeah there you go right same area that's that DJ gonna, brain. I don't know Nelly what. Furtado. Yeah, there's some weird human being 
glitch or thing that like why is that like we forget other things but we remember this weird scientific number that's like you would think you would forget yeah absolutely <laughs> have you been working you said you you jumped on the live stream live uh live stream train um recently how what was that like you know what are you doing on there do you have a schedule or no i need to make one i just decided i jumped out on a sunday it was like i'm gonna do i love like the real chill kind of pool party miami rooftop kind of house stuff so i, I just did that for a couple hours it went well i i probably should make a schedule it's been a little tough because like every other weekend the kids have been coming so i wanted to do like every sunday but this sunday i did it last weekend Right, and uh, I wanted to do it this weekend, but the kids are here, so I might try with the kids, but we'll see. Uh, do it! Way. I did it. That, that's what I did in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'm doing it with my son," and then we did another <laughs> one. People loved it. Like I told all the parents to come out, and like we're about you guys. I said, "Put your kid in front of the screen, and you guys go make mimosas or whatever you want to do, and then we'll be partying." <laughs> so, but I had to definitely get some clean versions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, with all that that folder, because uh, I do, I have another name called Love Hype that does. I do all these mixes that are just all chill house oh, and that okay. stuff. Since it's mostly all radio, it's all clean anyway, so I can go all around that folder and not have any problems. So, definitely that's, have a kid party maybe this Sunday. That's good. I know I'm going to help Beat Source put together. They they already have a kid playlist, but I was going to put together the one that my kid helped me do because his his taste is crazy because I played him like. From you know White Stripes and the Ramones and stuff yeah. like that, and Operation Ivy to like Sean Mendez, you know he's like all <laughs> over the place. So he's like, I want this, and then a song about poop, and then what does the fox say? I'm like, all right, we got. This. Was it the Kanye song? Was it the poopity scoop? scoop? No, no, he doesn't know that. No, I think if you just say if you just type the word poop into Spotify or say it to your Alexa, a lot of songs come up. Really, I, the, I guess the kids with the some, kids songs. Yeah, or it's just like some weird dude has realized if he just sings seven thousand songs about poop, he'll get these weird royalty checks. I guess. Yeah, because kids will like listen to him over and over again. Yeah, exactly. So it's unfortunate and funny at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as far as the live streams, I mean, I've been discussing it with the other DJs, but do you think it's going to affect? the way people consume music going forward. Like I notice I'm tuning into some of these live streams, almost like it's a radio station. Like I'll be like, Oh, we're going to do something. All right, let me put some music on. And instead of going to Sonos now, I'll put on, I'll look at what DJs are playing and just pop it on. You know, I wonder if that's going to change how we all even consume music. Cause I haven't been like put on a radio station like that for a long time, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. It's exactly what I do. A lot of times at night, if I'm just doing like invoicing or something and not something with music or video, yeah. I'll do the exact, I'll put the phone up. Um, I have a thing that goes out to my mixer. So it's like out loud and I'll just scroll through and just like listen to people. It's exactly what I do. I, I won't put on some other, like, you know, like you said, like Sonos said, I won't, I'll just go through everyone. Like I'll listen to him for 15 minutes, go to the next one. And on a Friday yeah. and Saturday night, there's, I mean, there's no shortage of people streaming. So it's you know, I thought it was cool too because you know I I know you probably similar to me I don't get to see many people play. No, I haven't I seen so out. yeah, same. It's like I there's so many DJs I'm a fan of because of like certain things they've done but I haven't been able to see them live. So this has been the best. And you get to see their true personality of what they want to play, who they are on the mic, you know, all that. So yeah. it's even better. No, it's been great. Like I, I every single tonight when I like go sit down, maybe grab a beer or something, I'll absolutely just set it up and just go through everyone playing. Yeah. Do you have a favorite um routine or remix that you've done? Oh, let me think. <laughs> the one I could always think of um 
It's uh, it's well, we we did a lot of production on our Made Monster. Yeah. Uh, well, there's like two. One, we we actually got the rights to "Want to Be a Baller." Do you remember that song? "Want to yeah. Be a Baller." Of course. We got the rights to that and remixed that, and that one did really well for us. So it's completely legit. You can find it on like Spotify and stuff. That was my most fun to make. Uh, but we made this song just as almost like a joke called "All Right, Ready, Here We Go." And yeah. it's just a cheesy house track. But like right before the, the drop, it's like, all right, ready, here we go, go, go. And uh, we put it up in those placement libraries. And I guess the reason why I love it so much because it makes a bunch of money for me. Great. Um, so a- anytime you watch, if you go to like MTV and you watch any of those like real world road rules challenges, yeah. anytime there's like a challenge right before the challenge, you'll hear, all right, ready, here we go, go. And every single time they do that, I, just, I love it. That's this is money. <laughs> that is so dope. Yeah, you're like, cha-ching, thank you. <laughs> keep playing that. Road rules, keep going. It's just like those weird little things you don't think about. Like what can, you know, like yeah. reality game shows or competition shows. The same thing with like the Christmas. Like, yeah. As soon as I, Christmas time comes around, all of your November and December commercials and promos have some kind of jingle bell trap in it. For sure. And if you, and if you make that, those guys are making a ton of money. That's great. What, um, is, wait, the want to be a baller, how... How do you get the rights to that? Like, what if someone wants to do an official remix? Was that tough? Well, apparently, my, my partner made Monsters Guy, Ryan, lives in Houston, Texas. Okay. So apparently, for me in the club scene, he knew someone that was connected to that guy, and we randomly got it. We didn't, you know, it's one of those things where like, yeah, right, we, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. And it came through. It was like, you legit have the rights to do this. And I was like, damn, little Troy. <laughs> little Troy, yeah. That's dope. Super dope. So, um, yeah, and that remix is tight too. I remember, I remember when you put it out. I still that was have a fun it. one. Yeah, you, you never know unless you ask. I mean, you know, you got to pursue everything. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, do you have? Um, I've talked to some other DJs about this, and and it delves into the music organization, and I want to talk to you about that a bit. Sure. Um, but just um, beginning that conversation, do you? have a way to get easily like in and out of records let's say you're trying out a new record that you think is going to work and it's not working or you're throwing a left you know a curveball to the crowd and you're like i gotta get out of this um i know sometimes i'll take i'll have a crate of acapella loops of all different um tempos so if i'm like i want to hit go to house and i go don't stop get it get it or something i can go right into it like do you have any special techniques or tips to get in and out of songs um easily quickly well i mean now with the s9 i've been able to do it now with the effects i mean yeah. even if you don't use the echo in it there's um the problem is i haven't got this to work on everything but the s9 you can if you buy well it's in one of the serato effects expansions yeah there's like a, a break echo out like yeah. you can map that that one's pretty good but before i did something very similar to what you did i made all these little files they're like almost like sort of slam outs but not quite as harsh yeah. that they would be able to bring me anywhere I wanted to go. So like in the, in the case of I'm in a hip hop room, I went a little too up tempo for that room. Right. Uh, I can, it, it would do something like a boom. And it would have like a acapella that was in time and it would just really quickly go to the next BPM. So right. it, it would do it really quick over maybe like four bars time, but I knew what it was going to end up at. Yeah. And it would keep on going. So then I could just cut in a beat and just, you know, let that ride. So it'll right. be like maybe 85 to 128 so as long as i you know slam that in and i load up another record and just quickly make sure if it's 128 just put it at zero i can just kick that right in and it was real smooth that way i still use those from time to time but a lot of times now if it happens i'll just do it with effects right wait when you say the built-in serato effect what which one are you talking about 
In um, well, before I had the S nine, um, I uh, you know most of the clubs I would do would have like an 800, 900. Yeah. I had this tractor F1. It's like a long skinny thing with a bunch of pads and knobs on it. Right. I would put that at any club, no matter what they had, usually like an 800 or something. I would put that in between the mixer and the right deck. And I would map all of my cue points, loop rolls, samples to the faders and stuff. I would map uh, low pass, high pass, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in one of the Serato expansion packs, I think it was the first or second one. I don't know. It was like a, it was like a, a weird break echo effect is what it was. And it was really good. I mean, you didn't have to, all you did was just hit it and it was just smart. It was just like, doom, 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 doom. And I would use that forever. But then oh, wow. when I, you could, you could map it to the S9 on the right hand side. Yeah. But I've noticed in some clubs it doesn't map right or something doesn't work. So I just got used to using the actual echo effect on the S9 itself. Right. Just where you have to like hit the switch up, wait a bar, you know, hit yeah. it down and then, you know. Even the reverb, I, I, I tend to use the reverb now more than anything because the echo will still be on the tempo of whatever I'm doing unless I tap it and I have to be very on and make sure. But sure. sometimes the reverb, I can just hit it right on that snare and be like, you know, doom, doom, boom, and then drop it right there and it sort of like works. I see like DJ Newmark do that. He's like a master of like getting the reverb to make it, you don't even get bothered by the tempo change in a way. Like there's some, you know, it's like a, a magic trick. <laughs> I got to try that. I, I, I do that like all the time with like, like when I produce mixes, a lot of the ones for the video games where it's really extreme differences yeah. where I'll just ring out a last note or something like that. Yeah. And then just give it a breath and then bring in the next one. And it just it usually doesn't bother you that much if you do that. So yeah, that's totally. actually interesting. I'm going to try. Or even I have like in my sampler, I'll have like DJ cool going like somebody make some noise, you know, and yeah, then you you reverb out, hit that boom, go in, you know, and just sort of like <laughs> do a little combo punch. It's like, yeah, no, that's great. That stuff is very effective. Um, but no, yeah. no, I'm going to definitely try that reverb thing. Yeah, I like to hear other DJs take on that. What about your music organization? I have a feeling you're very organized. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm uh, a very particular way to do it. Um, right now, I'm actually doing more of a, a, a larger reorganization of my library because okay. most of the gigs that I've been doing recently uh, before all this happened were in the same vein. They were just, you know, mostly, you know, 60%, maybe 80% hip hop and 20% other yeah. Um, so I, I have a whole crate structure that every single week I reorganize and it's got everything I need split out. There's a main folder that I have, which with all my songs, um, usually ranging the, the whole range of songs, but it's all the stuff that I'm currently playing. And I'll have um, an intro folder that has like my, like, you know, if I, if a gig warrants an intro, like a DJ sprite, I'll, I have a folder of those folder transitions. I got a folder of files that I use with a little 10 minute mixes that I can play for stuff like bathroom breaks. I can play um, if I was setting up that controller, like the F1 or something, because the, right. the club had a 800 or 900. Um, I yeah. still bring the controller with me. It gives me like 10 minutes to check everything. So the little just all purpose mix, I have them in like 70 BPMs, 90, 105, 115, 100. And they're all just very familiar recurrent tracks. So they'll just work right. you know, for 10 minutes to give me that time. Um, that's great. As, like I said, the main folder has all the stuff I'm currently playing. I do a lot of edits. I edit almost everything I play. Very wow. big fan of, um, you know, one of the things I, I ran into early on was we're all playing a very similar set or similar music. Yeah. So how do I sound different? So I ended up just doing all of my own edits. And I still like really stand by that because even there is all these great record pools and all these great record sources, but it's still just a little bit different, you know, when yeah. you have your own custom stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times when you play these clubs, 
the people you're playing with, the openers and stuff, are the, are the music directors. They're the ones that influence the GM. Like, oh, I like that guy. Bring him back. Yep. So getting their attention by being unique in some way was one of the reasons why I just was really heavy on I'm going to redo all this stuff as opposed to just downloading a bunch of stuff and using other people's work. Exactly. Uh, and having your your name in their head and in their Serato and their computer, I think, is good. Keep you top of mind. So even yeah. if you're not putting out original music or a remix, you're putting out edits. And your edits are really dope. I play a ton of them all the time. And I mean, you're constantly pumping them out. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a great thing for DJs to do too. Someone actually, one of the people from the internet, I asked for some questions for you. Um, and someone had written, I'm going to check it one more time to see if there's any others, but someone had written, um, what's something that DJs can do right now? Let me see what they say. Exactly. Um, I'll shout out this person too. Um, this person, who is it? He said, oh, Dylan Wycombe, um, he asked, what can emerging DJs be doing right now to get noticed? And I think that plays into the category of make edits of everything, make remixes, live stream, you know, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, stuff like it's, that. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's just showing face somehow or just getting your name out there regardless of what it is. I mean, right now it's a little bit different, but yeah, edits mixes, live streams, whatever you can get your face or name on. I mean, even right. if it's getting in front of 10 people, that's still, you know, it builds over time. That's 10 new people that saw you and maybe six of them think you're dope and like, oh, I'm going to follow this guy or I'm going to, you know, do this or forward this mix to this person or share your live stream. So it's just, you know, it's, it could be a small build, but it's definitely just like anything. Like before, a lot of times I would recommend DJs go to the places you want to play at. Go yeah. show face, go get to know people, be friends with the opener, be friends with whoever, the bartender, the, the guy who's booking the DJs, whoever whoever in there, the bar manager, just be friends, show right. face, let them and know you exist. Exactly. And if you can't be there now and you got to be home, then just make things that can be of use and value to, to those people, you know, and that will let you um, be remembered or seen, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Um and so, wow. So your music organization is pretty next level. Oh, but well, I was going to say, I'm going like, to go back I, and listen to that later. <laughs> oh, well, I, well I kind of veered off. So that main folder that has all my main edits in it. So what yeah. I do is every week, I know what I'm coming into the following week. So I know what my gigs are going to be. So I kind of reconfigure that folder to that. And what I do is all the ones I don't think are appropriate. I have a secondary folder like, all right, I don't want to completely kill this out of my folder structure. So it's like a secondary one. And that becomes kind of like a secondary folder if I'm going longer or I need something additional. Uh, so it just keeps it real clean. I like to have a folder, maybe like 200 tracks in there of like, these are the ones. And I customize it every single week to kind of fit that weekend. And the files kind of go between those two. I also have an additional folder that's like stuff I want to try out, ones I want to try. Um, I have another folder obviously for transitions. And then I also make a little folder structure of a bunch of little mini routines. And the reason why I like to have these, um, it's not a lot. Maybe I'll have like six, it'll be like three house, three hip hop. Just a little bit more on the tricky side because you always know there might be that moment where a bunch of people show up and you want to have that wow moment. And, you know, as you know, going on the road, you kind of got to be on the fly because every crowd is different, but you still want to have these little pieces that are just like, all right, well, this is the time. These people are here. I want to dazzle them a little bit. Yeah, Even if course. it's for a couple songs, I'm like, oh, that was dope. Then they can go about their business and right. get drunk. So I try to have at least like, six of those on hand where I'll know like, Oh, all these people, I, I want to do something now. So I'm going to run one of these and they're only usually like four minutes long, maybe yeah. little routines. 
So, but that might be my like battle days coming through where I just like to have some. No, it's good advice. It's also yeah. the days of the social media days, you know what I mean? Because people want to be filming you and have a cool thing to put to post whether they're from the club or just some DJ that came to see you or a fan. So I think those are all important things to hit, you know, within your set and be yeah, agreed. Be you, get, you get like a whole it. group of like all these DJs will come in or someone that has a ton of fun. And they'll put the, they'll pull the phone out and like, I, I don't want to just be sitting here just playing a random, like, you know, Nicki Minaj song. I want to do something. Yeah. So as soon as I see it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to whip one of these out real quick. So when their camera hits record, you're doing something. Yeah, I know. I feel like people have the tendency to film and take pictures at the worst possible the worst. time. I'm yeah, like, yo, the, the worst time. I'm like trying to fix things and wires are out and they're <laughs> just like, yo, do something. I'm like, yo, I'm like, <laughs> I would get that all the time. You'll be at one of these like bigger clubs and you're still struggling to get everything set up and you're having connection issues, like, like issues with a needle or whatever. Yeah. And like the club photographer is right there, like, do something, go for yeah. it. And I'm, I'm like, like, dude, I can't even, I'm not even getting my right deck right now. Like, right. Give me 10 minutes or something. Yeah. I know yeah. that would happen it. all the time. Like you got to come, just come back in like 20 minutes or something, man. Give me I know. Yeah. Yeah. Club photographers. We love you guys <laughs> and we appreciate you so much, but they do have a tendency to try to take a picture the second you start, you know, and you're as like, as soon as you start, you're like, I need the, a yeah. good 10 to 30 minutes of figuring things out, depending on what's going on in this club and having a drink, talking to people, everyone's coming up, talking to you too, you know? So you're like, Give me a few minutes, then we'll be in the zone. Then we can take exactly. We can you gotta do wait to get in the shoot. zone because it'll it'll happen a lot of times because you'll be like be setting up still, and then someone next to you will be like, "And now DJ Spider," and you're still wiring the damn cables. Yeah, I had a couple of those in February, like before this all went down, and I was like, "Man, I can't believe this is still happening to me this far into my career." <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know it happens all the time. You're like, "Oh man," I know. So do you, you have any like? uh dj fails or embarrassing things off the top of your head you can think of i mean i've had a lot of i've had a lot of laptops go down i had a oh, laptop man. in a made monster show where like they brought up a bunch of girls to come like dance in front of the stage yeah laptop went right down into the crowd totally no. trampled and smashed oh no many a drinks just like girls coming over hand over like oh hey <laughs> like oh <laughs> man you know never got any from reimbursed from anybody no way, so. really? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Well, that's the dangers of the road. <laughs> yeah, you have lots of lost laptops. I know. Get insurance, I guess. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, what? Um, all right, well, I want to hit a couple um, a couple questions from the internet. So we, sure, we, yeah, we got that, um, the one that we just talked about, the music organization and, and what DJs can be doing now um, to be noticed. Um, I'm, I'm in Instagram right now, but I'm gonna head over to Twitter. I saw a few other things there, but I think someone asked the same question on both two different people. I saw Matsu shout to Matsu. Uh, he's going to be on this show pretty soon eventually, but, um, I saw him right on Twitter and then dope. It's Domino writes (laughs) Domino wrote, does his name derive from the bubbly elixir that is endorsed by LeBron James? (laughs) (laughs) So I I hate I that was a good name. way to put it, but <laughs> no, no, I've I've always hated my name. So the reason the reason why I have it is when I back way back we were talking about when I started off like breakdancing, being a b boy. Yeah. At the time, uh, I've told you I was six four. I had a huge head of hair, very I mean yeah. similar to yours, but like more. Right. And um, at the time, the ads for Sprite had this like stick figure character was like their mascot. This is way before LeBron James, and yeah. so they called me Kid Sprite for years oh wow 
okay. And I never liked it. And then eventually I just like dropped the kid. I was just Sprite. And I don't even know why I stuck with it. But I mean, I guess, you know, any anytime I would order like a Sprite, everyone would just like just giggle. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so over this. You're like, I can't order this. <laughs> yeah, Matsu was like, did he ever consider 7-Up or Pepsi? <laughs> now that we yeah. know the question, uh, now that we know the answer, I mean, we, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wow. it was just one of those things that stuck. And like, I've tried all these different things and it's just like, ah, oh, just be Sprite. I'm not even going to bother just trying anything else at this point. I'm too old. I know you're in there. You're stuck. Um, well, it works now. I've never even thought, I honestly didn't even think about it in conjunction with the drink. I don't know why it just sounded like I figured it was something totally different. Man, I have had so many flyers with my face on a soda can. I've had so many flyers with, um, uh, no, no, not even this. I've had gigs where like all their drink specials are like vodka and Sprite, $2. Oh, wow. and, like, and Yeah. That's funny. Mine goes with Halloween pretty good. They're always like, DJ Spider, scary yeah, Halloween. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Let's see a couple more. Um, are there any Instagram accounts, specific Instagram accounts that you are paying attention to right now? Um, <sighs> it's it's mostly a lot of the guys that are streaming. If I find out about someone streaming uh, that like I haven't heard of, I'm like, oh, this guy's streaming, then I'll go follow him or I'll see or I'll find a lot of accounts for like you might go a place somewhere and I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be familiar with it. Right. Um, other than that, I mean, most of the sites I watch are just like, like production sites where they just give like tips and stuff like Cymatics is good about that. Yeah. Um, Great. I follow like on Twitter, um, Morgan page. He, yeah. he puts out tips every single day, like really good production tips. So I actually have him on alert. So when he posts something that like dings me and lets me know, like yeah. he put up a tip on compression he has a website. Uh, he was on this podcast too. And yeah. um, he gave us, oh my God, some amazing, um, you know, not information and, and tips on music organization while you're DJing for storage and so much stuff. I mean, he, cause like you said, he's the king of that, the, the production tips. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I watched a couple of those and I ended up reorganizing. I'm reorganizing my stuff for like my house aliases, those names. Yeah. And the way I just redid it for love hype was I put all my house in one big crate and then I use color for that. So like I have one color for like chill, funky beginning, really chill. Like my, I have another color for prime time. I have another other color for like really big room stuff. Yeah. So I used for that organization, I use like a color coding method. That was something he recommended. And it, yeah. it's, it's great because, um, in the same way that we used to be on records and the artwork and the colors of that would speak to us and help spark different ideas, you know, of what was happening. And then, um, you know, now we just look at the text. So to be able to look yeah. at the color and that can like still give off a, a vibe of what it is is dope. With house. I mean, there's no way you have any idea what all those songs are. Like half those names. No. I have no idea. I just find no it way. like, Oh, this sounds cool. So yeah. I have to color code it so it's by vibe because otherwise you'd be all over the place. You're doing like some pool party and all of a sudden it's like, like, you know, you right. Know, like, ah, exactly. No the amount of stuff that's 125 to 128 BPM. That is such different vibes, you know? Yeah. It's so crazy. it's all, it's color coding and that's been, and that's what I was live streaming with, with my house stuff and the system worked great. Worked yeah. absolutely great. I knew what color at what time I wanted to go. I'm going to go all red now. I'm going to go all teal. Now. Right. Yeah, I need to do that. I, I ever since he said that, I think about it all the time, and I haven't implemented it. But that's that's really helpful. Um, all right, let's see one more question. Someone said, um, "What is the favorite battle that you've been in?" Hmm. I mean, it's, it's probably. I mean, I would probably have to say the the ITF the scratch here because I I couldn't yeah. believe that I kept moving on. I mean, there was so <laughs> many just ridiculously dope scratch DJs. 
And I was just like, I had to keep on going from like regionals to hemispheres to the USA. There was all these different battles. And every time I won, I was like, wow, man, this is like crazy. Right. And the funny thing about uh, that was when the 2001 happened, that was uh, 9-11 was that year. Oh, wow. So the finals happened right after that, that I won the world in. So like planes were weird. So I had to take a bus from Chicago to San Francisco because it was at the Palace of Fine Arts. A bus. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like two and a half days on a Greyhound to go to that battle. But at least I won, so I was happy on the way back home. But the way there was just miserable. That's crazy. Damn, you earned it. And with your records too. With the records, yeah. And I mean some of the I don't know if you've ever been on a Greyhound, but like in some of those parts, like through the desert, there was like dudes getting on next to me that were like just drinking like moldy milk that was like just falling out of the cart and it was obnoxious, man. The people on those Greyhounds. Damn, moldy milk. I'm going to order that next time we're in the club. Like, this is a dude came on, like, no shirt, like, just ripped up pants, started drinking milk, but it was just, like, falling out in chunks. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What the hell? Yeah, great. I mean, the ticket, yeah, it was, like, $10. So he's like, whatever, I'm getting on. Yeah, I think, it was like, I think my ticket across the country was, like, $29 or something. It was something ridiculous. Wow. Now it's just Spirit Airlines for that. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Same people. That's crazy, dude. Well, um, do you have any other advice for up-and-coming DJs or just DJs that are kind of figuring out what to do in this time of quarantine and self-reflection? A lot of it is like what we talked about. A lot of it is getting out there and just doing stuff, showing face. If you want to try something, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, definitely, I've had a million doors shut in my face and you just get used to it at the beginning. You get all mad about it, but you know, reach out to companies. Like I was talking about with the the TV stuff, I gave you all those names, like Killer Tracks, uh, Mega Tracks, all those. If you're a producer that's sitting on some stuff, you have some tracks you don't know what to do with, email them. Yep. I mean, they're companies. I mean, someone will listen to them. If they don't like them, then whatever. Try again with some other stuff down the line. It, right. it doesn't hurt. So definitely just getting out there. Another thing, uh, what is it? I, I watch all these um, videos that talk about analysis paralysis, which is kind of like, overthinking stuff yeah so not putting out anything because it's not perfect you're overthinking i don't want to stream because i'm afraid i'm going to mess up i don't want to put this track out because it's not perfect or it doesn't sound like my favorite you know artist who has a whole team making it sound that great yeah get it out there just get it out there put your name out there just just do it because i mean if you don't nothing's going to happen no one will know you exist just it's stop so overthinking true. It. No, Just I'm 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 guilty of that. Even <laughs> to this day, you know, when I'm thinking about my streams and and like you said, I'll, I'll go into such learning mode and analysis that it leads to the paralysis, yeah. or you overthink. Like, well, I want it to be like this, so I got to wait for this and this and this. And when in reality, if you if if you put something out that's good, it doesn't matter how low quality it is. If it's a good idea or something good about it, people will notice and like it and will be a fan of you so you can always get the quality better and everything's always going to be better you just have to push through you know like progress is better than perfection or however you want to put it nothing's ever going to be perfect you just have to make that leap into doing it and i think that's huge advice you know like um don't overthink shit shout to kenny beats you know he has a whole youtube channel about that i mean it's um yeah i think that's great well, um, yo, DJ Sprite, thank you so much for coming on the 20 podcast. We really appreciate it. Where can everybody find you online, all of your aliases and oh, everything? 
Oh, well, I appreciate it. This was awesome. It was just awesome to sit and just talk with somebody. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> you know, good that, to catch up. We haven't been able to talk, you know, like this in a long time. So I agree. I agree. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. Just uh, everything is the same. DJ Sprite, DJ S-P-R-Y-T-E. If you're okay. interested in the Made Monster stuff, that's more on the heavier electro bass. That's just Made Monster, M-A-D-E, Monster, all one word. And then I have, if you're into like chill, kind of vibey house stuff, I do Love Hype, L-O-V-E-H-Y-P-E. So, it's just kind of the projects I've been doing. You can check them out. Um, you know, send me a message. I send out newsletters every month with like mixes, edits, all types of free stuff. So if you're interested, you know, hit me up. I'll throw you on that. I'm going to be sending out one in a couple of days here. So, and then oh, Pitbull's Globalization. Uh, all this month of May, it's free to stream. So all I got to do is go online every Friday, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and catch me for State Radio. Yeah, catch him on there. That's huge. Yeah, check him out online. He has links to everything. So many dope projects. And thank you so much for dropping all that knowledge on us. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. DJ Sprite, thank you so much. I'm DJ Spider. Peace (laughs) out. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.